Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above the Bar podcast. For each week, we belly up to the bar with a new guest, find out what they do, who they are, and what makes them great. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. All righty, folks. It's our special Saturday here at the bar. We've turned the lights back on. I think we broke Taryn's headphones. Well, <laughs> I think we've broken her headphones already. <laughs> already impressive that somehow we've broken headphones. Because you, it can't be a music show unless something is broken moments Absolutely. before things are happening. And that's what we're doing tonight. We have with us, uh, courtesy of Wendy Ford and her production, her uh, PR company, brought us and hooked us up with I'm going to tell you, folks, if you haven't listened yet, go look up Taryn Hadfield. She's she's out there. She has a hauntingly awesome voice. She has a new song, Manic Pixie Dream Girl, that we're going to play a clip from. And I think this is going to be, and I love all of our prior guests, but this might be the first, like, real, legit, no-shitter star some, <laughs> that we're going to have. Because, like, I mean, other than your host, I mean... Like, this is legit. Uh, Taryn, thanks for coming on with us. Thanks. You know, you got to get, you know, you're a star. You got to get applause. You need applause. Oh, thank you. No, this this is probably the biggest hype I've ever gotten on a on an interview or talking with anybody. So, I, I mean, I, Wendy, so I'll tell the story. So Wendy sends, sends me your stuff, says, hey, take a look at this. Tell me if you if you'd like to have her on. I listened to the song and I'm going to play it here in a minute uh, after we do some house cleaning uh, manic pixie dream girl. I played that song and I was like, yeah, no shit. Yeah. I'm yes. I would want to run my show. Why wouldn't Aww. I? Uh, and I've told you, and I'm, we'll get into this here in a minute. Let's, let's do, do some house cleaning and uh, we'll get into the other stuff here in a minute. So as always folks uh, get ready. Happy new year, John L. Thank you, brother, man. I appreciate you. Uh, you see, you should play her music for the, for the football team before they get ready to go out, get them all hyped up. Uh, but before we get going, as always, this is new year's this January 1st. If you're hanging out with me with your hangover, you know, a little bit of relaxing at Saturday night, Saturday night at this point, you should be in recovery. Uh, for those of you that are watching, make sure you share this everywhere. I stopped doing all the shares myself after, uh, Facebook decided I needed to be banned for sharing, uh, you know, old Zuck likes to share stuff with me, but I guess I can't share with nobody else. So, you know, when you're a billionaire, you can do that shit. <laughs> True. We'll ask her. Have you watched the movie? Don't look up yet. I have not, but I've heard really, really good things from all my it's, friends. It's interesting. It's like, yeah. it's like, it's interesting. I have to tell we'll talk, but as always stick her in a cause folks. If you got something out there you believe in, you're an up and coming music artist and you need to share your sticker. You're a podcaster. You got a charity. I don't care what it is. Reach out to me. All of our media is the above the bar podcast, whether it be our Gmail, the above the bar podcast at gmail.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch are all the above the bar podcast. The only one that's goofy is at above the bar four for our Twitter because whoever, I don't even know who owns Twitter. The Twitter God said I couldn't have that one. Like we all know who Zuck is, but nobody knows who knows who Twitter is. But they said I couldn't have that one. But I was on a show that I had such a great time with. It was kind of like the daytime version of my show, where like nice. 
Yeah. So like I have bourbon, she has tea. So it was coffee oh. and tea. Yeah, see, you know I me, mean? coffee and tea with Carrie V. So she yeah. sent us and it not, you know, and so she sent us a sticker. Life is short, choose wisely. Uh Carrie V. For those of you that can't see it, it's a it's a nice little circle and everything. So she sent that over to us. We're gonna put that up on the big board. She's a phenomenal interviewer, like kind of person that makes me like, I'm like, I thought I knew what the hell I was doing. And then you sit down with somebody, you're like, Yeah, yeah, I suck. I'll figure this shit out though. So we've got her. Also, we all gotta, you know, it's all about the media. You gotta be seen. And uh, if your media needs a little bit of an upgrade. As we always say, you reach out to Media by Dibs, and it's at Media by Dibs, D-I-B-S, on all your major platforms. He's our sponsor. He helps me out with all my uh, posts and thumbnails. Uh, all this week, though, he taught me how to do them, so all this week was me, so hopefully they didn't suck this week. Uh, but reach out to Media by Dibs and mention Belly Up to the Bar, and you're going to get a 10% discount off your first order and a free consultation on what he can do for you. So make sure you're reaching out to at media by dibs. Now it is that time. Again, I'll say it one more time as everybody's starting to realize what we got going on here. Uh, you got to jump on. You got to share this to all your yard sale sites. So we can, so I don't get banned. You can get banned from a yard sale site. So, but I'm going to put this one on uh, Taryn. Taryn, do you want me to play your song clip now? And, and hopefully I did a good job with it because I'm, <laughs> again, I'm not an editor. I'm just. A okay. I'm not either. <laughs> so, do you want to do you want to play the song now and get them all hyped up for it, or we want to kind of ease into it? Um, we can just play it now. That sounds all fine. Right. With me. So, we're gonna play a clip from Taryn's new album, and the new album name is. It's Manic Pixie Dream Girl. There we go, Manic Pixie Dream Girl by Taryn Hadfield. We're both over here bopping our heads and shit. I know. <laughs> you can't. Every like, time I'm like, oh, it is good. Okay. <laughs> Brian, John L., I know you're out there. Please send this girl a message and tell her she is an absolute real talent. Um, oh. So I read your backstory on the song. And, and okay. folks, I'm going to tell you, there's other songs on there. And this is the way I, I equated your music. And I'm curious. I, I read that other people have get the Stevie Nicks vibe. Yep. Uh, Lulu. That's my girl. Lulu it is um, look at Lulu. Beautiful. Oh, thank you. Ryan. That was oh. very good. Um, so I get the Stevie Nicks vibe. Now you write your music, right? Yep. 100%. Do you know, who you're, do you know who you're writing? Reminded me of though. Hmm. Adam Durst. Really? I got an Adam Durst vibe off of it. I could, you know, I could see that. I've never gotten that that connection I, before, but so I'm a huge Counting Crows fan. I, I love Counting Crows. I grew up listening to them a ton because my mom was a big fan. So, I, I and I want to get into this, and I guess we could tell everyone where Manic Pixie Dream Girl, where that term comes from. Mm -hmm. uh, I looked at, you know, what really blew my mind. 
That hashtag has 25,000 shares to the hashtag. It's crazy. Yeah, it's and it's mostly just because it's a it's a cultural reference. And I feel like I hit it just at the right time that now people know what it is. (laughs) Um, So it's it's definitely like a cultural, definitely a cultural phrase phrase that's getting thrown out more and more. Yeah, I mean, so I read. I'll tell you, I don't give a shit. So reading the, your, your, your look behind it, it will, well, tell everybody, I, I know I'm stumbling over my words. I'm telling you, I feel like at any point, so one of these like tween movies where the girl like comes of age at 16, going up the coastal highway in California, like whipping off the cap after graduation, this is going to be the song at the end of the movie. I hope it is. I really, that would be my dream. If I ever got one of my songs in a movie, I would die. I would be so, so, so excited because that's, I'm a big soundtrack person. I love movie soundtracks. And anytime I listen to an album, I always picture movies in my head. Yes. And so for me, if my album ever captured something like that, or even if it's just placed for 10, 20 seconds in anything, I would, I would be over the moon. I would be so over the moon. (laughs) first movie soundtrack you ever owned mm. okay this is a good one this is a good one um Mine? i really loved i think i was i was 13 and i had i think it was the juno movie soundtrack with uh i know she goes but i know he goes by elliot now elliot page yeah. the ellen page back then that time uh, yes at that time and so yeah i loved that movie soundtrack and so i had that on my ipod was obsessed little, and- little shop of horrors for me mm. i good good film <laughs> and that was the and that was the like 80s remake of the original oh uh, yep and, and i can still remember like that movie ending and being, telling my mom we need to do you even know what sam goodies is do you know what sam goodies is i don't yeah now i'm aging myself real hard now <laughs> <laughs> uh uh so, uh, yeah, Sam Goody was a music store and we you go there and I remember going there and buying the album. Pat says his his first one was Footloose. That's a f- another phenomenal. Um, that's a good the, album. There were some great ones. So Manic Pixie Dream Girl. It, it's your coming of age. Song. It is. So yep. what was going on when you're writing that song? Because, I mean, you listen to if you can't hear like this is a a young woman moving to that next level in her life you got to turn your headphones up (laughs) thank you thank you yeah I wrote it let me think so at that time I had just graduated from college I had moved back to my hometown I moved into a property that my parents owned was essentially renting out to my parents um it's the first time I lived by myself I had gotten a startup job doing marketing which was not something I studied And so it was a lot of, it was a lot of tumultuous things in my life. I felt like I was trying to be a lot of different things at that time. And I also was dating a lot of different types of people at the time, like having lots of meet this person, then you meet this person and just trying to figure out who I was. And at that time, I had this huge, huge, big old crush on this guy that I had met in an open mic night. And he just did not feel the same way. And it was, it was unrequited love. And I remember just getting so mad because I was just thinking, 
I don't know. So I was reeling from the rejection of that and watching turning to movies for comfort. Cause for me, I'm, I'm a big movie and film person. And so I was watching like these movies, Scott Pilgrim versus the world, 500 days of summer, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, um, garden state. And a lot of these indie rom-coms where, you know, it's the same story. It's the disillusioned man meeting this peppy, young, vivacious, usually really quirky, almost Zoe Deschanel. She is, she is the ultimate girl for all those movies is Zoe Deschanel. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And so I remember watching these movies and just thinking, oh, my gosh, like I've been this girl in every relationship and friendship ever trying to help someone find regain their meaning in life again, but knowing nothing about myself. And so um, and so I was researching, you know, like what that was called. And I found that term. It had been used in tons of blogs and tons of, you know, like critiques of films and I was like that is what it is that is what I have been and yeah so that's what kind of what was going on was it was just a lot of change it was a lot of me trying to be a lot of different types of people trying to figure out who I was outside of school outside of outside of you know various social groups I was a part of because you know in your early 20s you lose a lot of friends and you live alone and you kind of have to figure it out (laughs) that's it's funny you say that having son a son that are in their twenties, daughters in their twenties oh, yeah. down to, I have a four year old and, you know, yeah. we're a huge family, but it's funny you say that, you know, trying to explain to people until you've lived that point, yeah. Hey, look, your, your friends are going to change. No, no, no. <laughs> Listen to me. I, I luck out that our opening music was written by one of my longest friends, sons. Yeah. But, they're one of a handful like of people that I still hang with. So, so this really was your coming of age kind of breakout tune. Now, how do you, were you, so you were doing some open mics. Um, yep. When did you first play this song at an open mic? Cause I feel like this is one of those ones you play this and you know, there's the, the guy in the back room going like, Hey, come here, girl, let me talk to you for a moment. You know, <laughs> Like, that's what I feel like, but I don't know anything about this stuff. So, so how did that no. go? To you? So basically I played it. When did I play this? I'm trying to think it was at, so I live, so I grew up in Boise, Idaho of all places. It's a small town. It's basically the biggest small town you can imagine. Like I run into people I know every day and <laughs> anytime I'm back here and, um, and I, I lived there up until a few months ago. So it's still very, very fresh. And so I played, my first few gigs were just at bars. And so I've been playing open mics and I had gotten a bar gig at this place in, it's called Star Idaho. And it's basically a biker bar. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And so my parents were a little concerned about me going out there by myself. So then they came with me <laughs> as like essentially bodyguards and, um, and I remember I, I played this song and it was mainly just just to, ha- just to play it. And there was maybe a handful of people in the bar, like 10 to 15 people. And I, I just played this song with my acoustic guitar and my sound system. I had brought myself and bought myself <laughs> and um, and I played it. And, you know, there's a couple of people kind of bouncing their heads. And my parents are really excited and, you know, and. <laughs> people were there that were kind of inspired the song lyrics. So that was a little interesting, but I was like, you know what? It's fine. I'll just, 
show it off. It's great. Um, yeah. Wait a sec. So um, somebody was in the audience that it, they were part of the inspiration for the song lyrics. I feel like that's happened to me a lot. So oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was, yeah, that was interesting. I, and I didn't, ex I didn't know who was going to show up that night and that was on my set list. And I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to play it anyway. <laughs> and, and so yeah, and so I, I remember playing it, and my my parents went up to me afterwards and were like, "That's really different from what you've written before." And they said, "There's there's just something different there." And I said, "Yeah, there is definitely something different there." Because I mean, prior to this last phase of songs that were on this album, I wrote mostly very chill, very not necessarily sad, but just very shy Melancholy. music. Melancholy. Very, yeah, yeah. And so, um, and so this was kind of the first one that was definitely way more pop, more, way more rock than anything I had written. So my parents just noticed a shift in the writing and were like, huh, that's something, there's something there. You should keep going that way. And well, I'm going to, I'm going to agree with your parents as a parent, <laughs> as a yeah. parent telling you, yes, because like, I like the other stuff. Don't get that yeah. twisted at all. But it's like I said, it's that, I guess that's the other stuff. It's a little more melancholy. Yep. That's that Adam Durst vibe. Yeah, totally. Because, but it, ah, it's so great. So, so you, you play this to a bunch of bikers, hell's angels, pagans, uh, one percenters, a bunch of one percenters out there. Oh yeah. <laughs> all, all 1%. I'm going to make up my own story to this shit, folks. It was all a bunch of one, one percenter bikers, um, <laughs> that were ready to throw down with chains and switchblades. And then they listened to Darren's song and they stopped and shook hands and there was peace between all the gangs. And it was all because of manic pixie dream girl, the song that's what happened. You know, there is actually, I want to say it was a couple weeks after I played there, there was a stabbing at the bar. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And my parents pulled me over after they're like, you can never play there ever again. <laughs> like, oh, great. So I, I guess what's got me confused and, and I'm, I don't know how I miss it in, in the bio. So, where does the Seattle portion to everything come in? Because, folks, if you're looking for Taryn, yeah, she's yeah. on Facebook and IG at Taryn, and it's T-A-R-Y-N, yep. which reminds me of, like, uh, some real sci-fi stuff. So your parents had to be in sci-fi stuff. Uh, <laughs> T-A-R-Y-N and then Hadfield, H-A-D-F-I-E-L-D. But if yes. you're looking for her on Twitch, because we're on Twitch, it's yep. the same thing, but it's Taryn underscore seattle yes so help me out here where does it okay. the, the switch so weird thing so seattle is actually my middle name legally and so my parents yeah my parents were a little bit they were very much into saving the environment and they really loved chief seattle and the things he had to say about the environment they also loved the city seattle and so and i was not conceived there i know everyone asks that <laughs> Everyone asked me, they're like, are you conceived there? I was like, I don't want to know if I was. I don't, need, I don't need to know that. But I wasn't. Um, and uh, so that's my middle name. And then because of that, you know, I had always had this obsession with Seattle and I had never oh, lived yeah. there. And it's, you know, the home place of some of my favorite artists of all time, like Foo Fighters and Death Cat for Cutie and, you know, amazing artists that I'm obsessed with and um, Nirvana. And so I... Yeah. And so then recently, and so I, it was always my middle name. And so then to add a little bit of anonymity when I first started getting into music, cause I still had a day job and 
you know, I just didn't want everyone to know it was me. So I, I used my first and middle name for a long time on everything. And then on Twitch, it just kind of stuck. And then it almost became this weird inside joke of Taryn Seattle, not from Seattle. And then eventually I actually did move to Seattle and not just to clear things up with the name thing, but just because <laughs> the music was there. I recorded there. I knew that eventually I was going to live there. I feel like my parents made it destiny somehow. And so, so yeah, so now I'm from there. So I'm Taryn Seattle from Seattle on Twitch. So that's fun. But <laughs> now what is, so you talk about the amazing music artists it, and it, you know, God, we could just run down the the list from, you know, uh, you, you already mentioned Nirvana, Stone Temple Pilots, Pearl Jam, yeah. Um, yeah. Mother Love Bone. You can just start running down the list. What is it like, you know, trying to be a <laughs> Lulu likes likes that that's the story behind it. Lulu says, oh, <laughs> Sound, look, Pat Soundgarden. Um, yeah. And Pat and I went to high school together. And Pat is probably he's was always into heavier stuff than I was. But you know, this yeah. is the music scene we grew up in. So yeah. what was it like going? Oh, I'm gonna do music. Let me go to like ground zero of '90s music, and I'll just yeah. start singing. What is like? What is it like walking into a place and being like, Yeah, I can, I can sing. Here it is. Like, did you catch attitude? Like, yeah, come on, girl. Let's go. Idaho girl. Let's go. <laughs> Is it stuff uh, like that? So I've been in Seattle for only two months. And, um, but I also recorded in Seattle this spring, which kind of launched me on, I should move to Seattle. Um, but I, yeah. So, I mean, I started, I started playing open mic nights in Boise to really boost my confidence. And so I had enough positive interactions and moments where, the bar would get quiet and I was like, okay, so I'm doing okay. Um, and so when I got to Seattle, um, a lot of my, you know, need to impress people or my need to have everyone say, wow, when I played was kind of gone. Cause I just liked playing just to play. And so when I got to Seattle, it was fun. Cause I went to this and I've only been a handful of open mic nights just cause I've been in and out for the holidays, but I went to this one and it was this pub in Ballard. Um, it was super cool. And so and an actual sound system. And it was awesome because I had gotten so much practice and so used to people not listening to me. Cause I mean, in Boise music's background music, like you're at a bar and you're drinking with your buddies and no one really pays attention and it's usually covers and whatever, but there people Free actually bird, Free bird. Free bird or play sweet Caroline. Or I played a lot of sweet Caroline. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, but yeah, at this bar, people quieted down and it was mostly other musicians. And it was just really cool to have that that moment of hush and people come up to me and be like, wow, that was awesome. And like, I don't know, because I, I didn't get that at home. I got that every once in a while at home. And, you know, a handful of times I had good interactions, but I definitely. Yeah. In Seattle, I was like, oh, OK, people really listen to music here. It's it's important. <laughs> And, and I think part of that is, is, you know, every, you know, it is a musician's hub, you know, yes. it's yeah. sort of like, I think Seattle and you, you're there. I always feel like if you do rock or any kind of type of alternative to yes. classic, you know, drummer, bass, lead guitar type music, any difference in sound, you're probably going to go to Seattle at some point. If you're doing country, you're going to uh, Branson or Nashville 
that type of type of place. So, so now you're in Seattle, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're playing music. Where do we go from open mic nights to somebody says, Hey, we want to make an album. Yeah. Um, so that, so the story of how I got onto the whole album and part of the label started back in 2019. And so, so, okay. So I'll paint a picture here. So I had just graduated from college. I got a day job that I wasn't super stoked about. And I had a lot of time on my hands cause I had no friends. So I started playing, you know, bars and stuff just to, just to feel something, just to meet people. Um, that sounds really bad, but I, yeah. I understand. So, so I was, I was playing those and I, I had done a lot of music when I was younger. And for once, when I was really young, I got in this private performing arts school and I only went for one semester because it was just really intense and I didn't think it was for me at that time and I wasn't ready. Um, but one of the, my teachers from there ended up going to teach at Portland State, ended up being a part of a sort of songwriting composition music program at Portland State and had approached me about going to that school when I was going to college and I said no. And then he later on approached me as he found out that I was doing music again and said, hey, I have this project. Do you want to just talk about what you're doing music wise again with me? Because we had kept in touch. He was a really awesome mentor and teacher. And so I said, sure. So so we went out and we got tacos and talked about, you know, what I've been doing music wise. And he says, yeah, so I'm I'm starting a record label and I'm asking eight artists to join. Do you want to be part of this? And part of me was like, I got nothing going on right now. I will just say yes to this because what what's the worst that can happen? Like, right. you know, like I'm it's just, you know, we'll see what happens. And so that was in 2019. And so I signed on and basically he had a whole business plan of he had his studio worked out. He had a label that he had a partnership with that helped us get, you know, cheaper deals on all the different types of tools that go into recording and distribution and marketing and et cetera. So he had all these relationships set up. And so essentially he just had this plan and was like, so the only thing that's needed from you is you need to, because most labels, especially small indie labels, usually you need a lot of investors to make things happen. Like recording an album at a, at a really high level takes a serious amount of money. And so, um, and so he was like, yeah, you got to crowdfund. And he told me the amount of money I had to crowdfund. And I was like, okay, that is a lot. And I have no following right now. So yeah. Yeah. So it was, I, but I decided to say, yes. I was like, you know what? We'll see. Maybe I meet some millionaire one day and they're like, yeah, let's fund this. <laughs> like, right. Sure. We're, we're, we're on this. I got millions. On, yeah. I was like, maybe I'll just run into someone who knows. And so, um, and so that was November of 2019. So spring of 2020, we were planning on launching the crowdfunds before, you know, the pandemic. And so I had, my idea was to crowdfund this, album i was gonna have a show and i was gonna just do it at a local venue like i usually did invite all my friends we'll bring we'll pull a tablet around and have people just put in their credit card info and pay me money and we'll have a donut we'll just have like a big bucket of cash and have people throw money in somehow we'll raise some amount of funds and then i'll just go around to people and just beg to help them support me. It'll be great. It was not a very good plan. And so then, yeah, so the neighbor rolls around. And... 
sad times and so <laughs> chick who i booked the show with was like yeah i don't think it's happening i was like yeah i don't think it's happening either and so everything everything got put on hold with the album for like months and i had no idea how i was going to raise the money anymore and basically my producer jeff was like well I don't really know what we're going to do. We're going to do this eventually. I just don't know when, like, you know, because to get in the studio, you're going to have to be around people, work with mass mandates. And Seattle was insane at the time, you know. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, that you know, that's the hub. It I mean, when, it, when it all first started, that was at the first recorded case was a nursing home in Seattle. Definitely. So, yeah. So I can't even imagine. Yeah. Now, were you doing any of the uh, the what were they calling them at the time? Like living room sessions or whatever they were calling where you're like, you just get on Facebook and stuff like right. that and start playing music. Yeah. So, it was, so I was doing a handful of those. Um, but before, so before the pandemic in January, 2020, I, <laughs> this is a really weird story. I swear it's going to, it's going to come back, come back to Twitch, <laughs> but basically it's all about somehow, Twitch. I just, yeah, it's all about Twitch. So what happened was, I had this friend of mine from college and he was telling me and we got together for drinks. We were just catching up and he was telling me about this gaming platform where people would broadcast their lives, essentially doing random activities. And I was like, what is this called? He's like, it's called Twitch. And I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. And so I, uh, I looked into it and he's like, you should do it for your music. Cause I was telling him about the crowdfunding. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to make all this money. Like there's no way, like I don't have enough friends and, I don't have, have enough super rich family members to support this. And so he was like, yeah, just play your music on Twitch. There's people who do it. And so I looked into it. And so in January of 2020, I had a crappy old MacBook Air and no audio, no mic, no whatever. And I streamed from my house and I had three people watch me. And I was like, well, that's cool. That was fun. I'm probably never going to do that again. <laughs> And then March rolls around. I'm like, I should start doing that again. And so I got enough money to get, you know, a little interface and a nicer mic and, you know, plugged my guitar into the interface. And I was like, I'll just start playing, you know, songs here and there. And so then so I started streaming on Twitch and I had no idea how the platform worked. I didn't know how to raid people. I didn't know how to network on that platform. I didn't know how right. it worked. And then, yeah. And so I had... You know, I had a streamer, a fellow streamer who also streamed music, watched my stream one night and said, hey, you're really awesome. Like, let me help you figure this out. And I was like, OK. And so he brought a big amount of people on my stream, like more than I ever had, like 70 people. And I was like, that's insane. That's insane. That's more than I've had watched me in a bar. That's crazy. And so I yeah. And so then I just started growing from there. I learned how the platform worked. I learned how to talk to other streamers and talk kind of network and raid them and they'd raid me and over time it grew from you know five people watching me at a time to 10 and then it was 20 and then it was 30 and then it was 40 people and then it was 50 and it just kind of started growing really nicely and I kind of hate social media I really do I don't like being on there um but I loved live streaming because it was so organic it's like talking to people in a bar but you don't have creepy people trying to hit on you when you're playing in the bar you know like that's happened way too many times block them oh I'm sorry <laughs> I don't it's great and so and so it started getting really successful and I started you know people would give me money to just play songs and one night I 
had I made two thousand dollars just out of people's generosity, and I was like, we should just have the crowdfund out here. Like, what would happen? And so we launched the crowdfund, and I got a bunch of stream friends together. It's like, hey, we're doing this event. Like, come, feel free to send your raiders on over to us when you're done streaming. Like, I'm doing this, and we got four hundred people to watch, which was crazy. And after that, I mean, I I never have that much normally anymore. But that it's night cool. was insane. But still, it was crazy. And that's way more that I played in front of in real life. And so we raised, so we had 60 days because it was a Kickstarter. So you had 60 days to raise X amount of money. And so by day 54, we had passed our goal. Nice. Stretch goals? Any stretch goals? Yeah, we had a little bit of some stretch goals. So we kept making money afterward. And then anytime I made money after the goal was over, I just kept channeling it into my little account. And then, uh, yeah, and then we were able to use all those funds to finally get in the studio. But yeah, but I still stream on Twitch. Like I took a break these last week or so, but I usually stream like three times a week and I love it. Well, you're, you're going to have to educate me because we. You, I guess this is maybe one of yours. I don't know if it's one of yours or mine. Albatross 21. Uh, just oh, popped nice. Yep. Sorry, Albert- I know. You know him? <laughs> so there's Albatross 21. It's a sketch. Oh. Uh, now, what does that mean? Does that mean something to you? Yes. Yeah, so can you tell sketch, me what that means? Am I allowed to hear that? Yes. So sketch. Okay. So the guy who convinced me to start streaming on Twitch is another streamer named Sketch Addict RML. And he was also on another big stream called Grub Truckers, which is essentially this food truck. That's oh, all it's me. a food truck in Moscow, Idaho, which is where I went to college. And they serve food truck food to drunk people all night. It's mac and cheese mac and cheese food truck and so they live stream it and so people all around the world they're actually partnered on twitch people all around the world will pay tons of money to like buy food for these drunk college students it's wild yeah it's super weird it's crazy it's like a weird reality tv show so he was on that and then he also was an artist and painted and streamed his own live streamed his own paintings and so he convinced me to start streaming on Twitch. And so his name is Sketch Addict RML. And he's also a mod on my stream. He's also uh, eventually became the guy I started dating. But so he's Aww. Sketch. So, yeah, it's kind of a weird. Oh, sketch. Yeah. I guess we got to do that. This is like a, a once an episode thing and you just get to deal with this. Nathan, okay. Nathan sucks at fantasy football. I whooped his ass again this year. He gets <laughs> very upset. More people. Follow, yes, absolutely, Nathan. 400 people listen to her, but now they're all listening to me from listening oh. to her, and they'll be over yeah. here. And that's still more th- more people than ever want to hear you. Love you, Nate. Oh. And Nate's great. I love Nate. Nate is like, Nate's one of my top dogs. He he gets amazing guests for me. We had um, the the only all, they're called Unearthing, Unearthing the Supernatural. They're an all Native American um sci-fi or not sci-fi but a paranormal team amazing they're so cool they're they're and great guys like you're talking to them they're like like they're deep in the game like they're deep in the game Uh, and patrick nowadays you can record at home good mic yeah like god i was on i was today i was looking at new a new audio uh techniques headphones um yeah and i'm like yeah and and i'm just thinking to myself like never in my life would i would thought like yeah these yeah drop a buck and a half on a set of headphones that makes perfect sense to me uh, <laughs> lulu's loving your story and and, and oh, mac and cheese for drunks uh you're getting a lot of follow yep uh albatross telling 
Yep, that's the same story um, out across. Yeah. Um, yes, Nate, you have a huge following in the prison community. <laughs> they, I'm not going to even get into it. This is a good girl. I'm not getting into it with you today, Nate. But, uh, but th- so, so everything happens. The crowdfunding happens. The the album gets out. How long? Like you hear these stories about albums all the time, yeah. where it's like, you know, if you if you look into the band, yes, like an album mm-hmm. takes like 35 years to make one album because yeah. they're constantly going back. And then you mentioned Foo Fighters or bands like that. It's like, yeah, we went to a house in the woods and, you know, within like a week and a half, we recorded everything. And, and you know, it's the greatest album ever been produced. So what is, yeah. what was, you know, because there's, I, I have a lot of music people in my life. I've known a lot of music people. What is your process in all this, in making your first album? What was that like? So, I mean, I mean, the, I'll kind of divide it up into phases. So the first part, obviously, is that songwriting phase where you're just writing lyrics, you're playing by yourself mostly, you're accompanying yourself and just sharing it out into the world. And so for me, that process was very familiar. It's something I've been writing songs since I was 13. So it's just something I had always done. And so to me, songwriting was a very private process. I didn't really play with bands very often, if at all. Um, and mainly I, I wrote the lyrics myself. I came up with my own accompaniment and it was just my thing. It was very private. It's a very solitary experience. And then, you know, I just share them with people. And so for me, it's most songs kind of, you know, like take a month for me. Usually it's like, I'll, I'll have an idea. I'll let the idea kind of marinate and form into this thing. And then usually by the end of a month, sometimes it's three, sometimes it's six, who knows, but usually once a month I have a song, I'm like, okay, I like this. I could share this and, you know, play it in front of people and see what it is. So, I mean, that was kind of the first part of the process was, you know, that. And then, you know, the second part was getting into the studio and working with these musicians, which was something I had not ever really done before. And so, um, and so that process was just, I definitely felt intimidated. I was in front of some really awesome musicians who had a ton of experience recording. They had, played on other people's albums before. And this was my first thing, first time ever doing anything. And so I got in the studio feeling really intimidated. But for me, I, I had my accompaniment and my lyrics and I had a somewhat idea of the form of the song and that was it. And so for me, I, I've always been kind of pretty collaborative and I, I kind of feel like, you know, people work best when you just let them work their magic. And so I was like, here's my idea for song. Here's some, here's kind of what I want it to sound like. Here's kind of what I envision. Now just do something with it. Let's just jam. And so the first day was just like a jam session (laughs) of just playing these songs over and over. And so I kind of just let the musicians kind of just go with whatever they wanted. And if there was anything I really didn't like, I'd be like, Hey, can you try something else? Um, But everyone was, it's, it was weird how with as little as I knew about what the accompaniments and arrangements were going to be, how quickly we kind of formed this direction. And so this album very quickly took this like neo retro rock, indie rock direction. And it was, it's really eclectic. And so each song kind of became its own little weird thing. And I was like, I don't know how these are going to fit, but we're just going to figure it out. Um, And so in the studio it was cool because it was, it was very much, you kind of enter a flow state after a while. And so when we were there, it was, 
we had two weeks to be in the studio. So the first two days are rehearsal. There's a week of tracking and then a week of mixing, which is pretty tight, but it was 12 hour days. Um, and so I spent 12 hours in the studio, you know, wake up at nine, get in the studio by 10, leave by 10 PM. You have an hour for lunch and an hour for dinner. Um, now who sets that schedule? Is it the producers? Like this is the schedule. This is what's going to happen. Shit's about to get real. Yeah. And so, and he, he, I knew going into it and we were pretty flexible too. There's a lot of times to kind of talk as a band and talk as, as far as what we wanted. And I had never met any of these people before. So a lot of it was kind of getting to know people. Um, But yeah, but after a while we kind of just entered this flow state. And after those first two days, we had a really solid idea of what parts were going to be. So then we tracked the drums for two days and all played together. And then each instrument went individually. So it was bass was next. We did, the other lead guitarist played his parts, and then I played my own rhythm parts. And then vocals was two days. And then, um, and I think vocal vocals were, recording vocals was the thing I got most perfectionistic about, just because, I don't know, when people hear your voice, that's yeah. you. And like, and so for me, and because lyrics are so important to me, and because songs are very much a story to me, recording those lyrics were definitely something I took really seriously and got a little... And the whole first part of the session was super smooth, very much a flow state. And then that last day there is, and it was actually on Siren, there's this last day where I just, I couldn't hit a certain note and it drove me insane because everything else seemed to really come very easily. And then it was that one note, I just couldn't hit it. It was in a weird break in my voice. And yeah, we ended early on that day. I was like, I'm sorry, I don't want to be a diva. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like we got to stop. I've been here for like eight hours you know, like maybe we can try mixing and and putting some stuff together. And then I practice it all night and stressed about it. And then the next day I was able to hit it finally. Um, But yeah, that's kind of the note now. Can you do it now? No. (laughs) Can you do it for me now? Do it now. (laughs) Uh, That's just so, I mean, so this whole process, it's, it's interesting me. And I, as I mentioned it, Nate, no one's going in the woods with you. No one wants to go in the woods with you, Nate. Get over it. Uh, my buddy Pat told you he was into heavier stuff. Black Sabbath's first, first album, he said, took a week to record. Like, that's just... Like, the entire music process to me is, is pretty impressive. So, you get the album done. You know, you it, it's recorded. It's 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 a thing. It's... What is it... What was it like the first time? Because, you, you know, you've played live. You've played in front of people, but this whole album is, I mean, and I'm going to tell you folks, go, go look up Taryn Hadfield, Facebook, IG on Twitch. It's Taryn underscore Seattle. That's a great story. Uh, Make sure you're going and looking her up. But the first time you handle this album to somebody and say, Hey, listen to my heart. Cause you write this, this is you. Yeah. And I mean, I just listened to, and I have to tell you, my wife thought she looked like, uh, like Adele. My wife was like, she looks like yeah. Adele. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the lay down picture with, with your eyes and everything. She was like, she looks like yeah. Adele. Um, and, but the first time you hand this to somebody, and this is the way I feel about this. Like every time somebody listens to my show, I'm like, you're listening to my thoughts. You're hearing my brain. Yeah. You're hearing how I feel yeah. about things. So the yeah, first time yeah. you handed somebody that album and said, here listen to this what was you know and it wasn't mom and dad who's always going to be like oh it's so great sweetheart it's amazing we love it it's great 
you know, what was that like the first time you handed it to a stranger and said, this is me? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think because I mean, I haven't I haven't handed it out to too many, too many strangers yet, just because it's not officially released yet. But um, I remember. I think the person I was most scared to hear the songs was my boyfriend, just because I knew he was very, very honest. And I knew that if he didn't like it, I, I was going to know he didn't like it. And so I remember it was just it was really nerve wracking because I was thinking, this is me. And if they're not totally impressed or just blown away, like I feel like that's going to be a weird hit to my own ego. And so but um it was really cool. And it was mainly like my best friend, Sam, who is super, super honest. And then also my boyfriend as well. And I remember just being really, really nervous. And then when they looked over at me and just started talking about the music and diving into, oh, I loved what you did here, or this was really interesting, or this makes sense because of this song lyric. It just, I don't know. It was, it made me happy because I could see them dissecting it. And to me, that's what I wanted people to do. Like I wanted them to hash it out. I didn't want them to be like, Oh, this is great. Like I wanted them to dissect like what it meant. And, um, and I just released a single, it's called not sorry. Um, and because of the way that digital platforms work, essentially, it's kind of confusing, but basically the first song in the album is something that depending on if it's Apple or Amazon, you can listen to the first song until it officially drops and you can hear the rest of it. And so people on my Twitch stream started listening to Not Sorry. And these are people I just know via the internet and they just hang out with me on my stream. So they're kind of friends, but they, they're kind of not. Like they're not obligated to be super right. nice to no. me. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the honest yeah. people in your life. They're the real honest people in your life. They're the real honest people. And so it was really cool to hear, you know, especially back from my my mods on my on my stream or, you know, just people who have listened to me and just watched me stream for a long time, just talking about, you know, the quality of the recording was one thing that they really hit on, like that they it sounded like it was recorded in a studio. It sounded like this wasn't something I did at home, you know, which was definitely something like I know a lot of musicians record at home now and they can create incredible things. I just know I am never going to be as good as, you know, the people at Studio X or the people at this studio. Like, it'll take me years because my specialty is chords, melodies, and riffs. That's it. And so, you know, you can't be good at everything. And so to me, hearing that, yeah, I made a really good investment with the people I worked with was huge validation just because that money was and raising that fund, that funds was a huge hurdle. And, you know, anytime you make an investment as a business person, you're like, hopefully this is a good investment. Like, I don't, you don't know until the project is done. And so to hear back about the, you know, the, the quality was one thing I was worried about. And then the other thing was, and it was nice to hear that compliment. The other thing too, is, you know, people would tell me like, yeah, I listen to it on my gym when I work at my gym, when I work out. And that was my favorite thing because I was like, that's how I listen to music. Like, to me, my music is my soundtrack to my life. Like I constantly have music playing, if I'm working out, if I'm on a drive, if I'm walking and getting groceries. And to me, the fact that someone was living their life with my song in the background, I was like, okay, it's like a soundtrack and you like it and you wanted to work out to it. And that's the song you picked. Like I you told know. you, it's, it's, it's at the end of some movie where, yeah. where the girl has been in love with the boy and he's yep. not giving her enough attention. And finally she realizes that she doesn't need him. And she drives mm -hmm. up the coastal highway in the convertible 66 Thunderbird. I've got the whole fucking thing figured out <laughs> as she's going, up the road, as, as it's going up the road, 
it you know the the key to it all though as she's going up the road it has to be the silk scarf getting tossed out yeah that's important that is important in this whole thing uh and you may have to teach me some uh some twitch action because you're getting a lot of good attention here lulu had a great question here how did you how did you uh overcome that block of not hitting the note and actually hit it what what was that process for you yeah totally so um that's a great question um yeah, that night I, well, I definitely took a break. I had to separate myself away from it because I knew if I was just going to keep hammering it, it was just never going to happen and I was just going to lose my voice. So I went home and I rested. I drank lots of tea and then, you know, I had my guitar in my hotel room that I was staying. So I just, I played the riff over and over just so I could almost internalize it. And so, um, so that was, yeah. So then just, you know, repetitions. And then the next morning I, you know, stood in the shower and just let the steam kind of breathe into my lungs and just tried hitting it. And the main thing, the main thing that I'm realizing about singing is just that it's a lot of, it really is a lot of breath and it's a lot of confidence. And if you have good breath and you have good confidence, you can hit a lot of stuff. And so for me, I I had to go back to the basics of, okay, breathe really deeply, use all the muscles in your abdomen to breathe in um, and just hitting it confidently and believing that I could hit the note, that I had the ability. It's just I hadn't done it yet. And so, yeah, so it was a lot of that, but it was getting back to the basics of of breathing and then also just believing, okay, I can hit this note. I've done it before. At some point in my life, I've hit this individual note. I can hit it again. Like... And then I got in the studio and the first take we did, I was like, yes, we did it. Like we did it a couple times more just to have extra. Just to be sure the shit was there, but. but yeah, it was there. I was like. Okay. Albatross is looking for uh, their, their, I guess yes. the mailman or UPS must have their copy. Yes. So it's uh, coming. I'm going to probably have to text my producer and ask him when the CDs are supposed to arrive. Cause we sent a box out of all the signed ones to all the pre-orders people. And so. I don't know. Shipping has been weird lately. Oh, so shipping for everything is is weird right now. Yeah, so I'm just like, hopefully it's. I know it's coming. Like, so May, May ask, Martin but... jumped on here. I guess May's another one oh. of your followers. Taryn is inspiring as always. Oh, uh, I like the little man. green hair character they're putting up there. Uh, getting yeah. some happy New Year's. I'm going to tell you right now, this is the most Twitch people I've ever had mm-hmm. on. Uh, I've been trying to get the whole Twitch. So I was like you. Um, my, my son, who's now 18, probably back in 2019 or something like that was like, uh, I want to be big on Twitch. And he's telling me about this and he's probably about 16, 17 at the time. And I'm like, the hell's a Twitch son. Like, like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he explained the whole thing to me. And as I got into the podcasting, uh, dibs, who does a lot of my media was like, you got to start streaming this on Twitch. And I'm like, I'm like, bro, that's a video game platform. He's like, no, it's not. He's like, it's nope. completely, yeah, it's it's a whole nother thing. You can really get into it. So, it, and it's funny, you were talking about somebody brought stuff. So my kids educate me on, on this shit all the time where I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, kid. <laughs> so my um, 12-year-old was like, yeah, dad, let me tell you this funny story. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be long. Uh, you just got to prepare for it. It's a 12-year-old. But he was telling me what you told me about somehow where you can raid other people's Twitches. Like, That's I don't know amazing. what that is. Yep. What is a raiding? Maybe you can explain it to me in a way that I'll yeah. understand. What is raiding a Twitch? 
Totally. So when you're streaming on Twitch, right, you're, you're looking at, um, you know, you're looking at your screen, you're watching someone's video, there's chat, there's a chat on the side, right? And so you have X amount of viewers watching you on that platform. So at the end of your stream, when you're done, um, you can hit this special command and it's forward slash raid. And then you put in whatever username of someone else who's also streaming. And then you can send all those viewers over immediately to their stream. Ah. And that's when you end your stream. So you want to still keep it going until they're there. And then once they're there, it's ba- and it's basically a pay it forward thing, which I think is what's really cool about the platform is it promotes people to interact in a way that like you're paying it forward. You're being kind. You're, sh- you're sending love to other people. And so essentially, yeah, you send all those raiders over to someone else. And so what happens is when someone sees that and they'll see on their end like, oh, my gosh, this person sent. 50 viewers from their stream. Thank you so much. And so you immediately get a shout out. You immediately get promote, like, you know, a little bit of a promotion, a little bit of a nudge. And so, and then if streamers are really awesome, they'll look you up or they'll look up your profile, or maybe they'll say something kind about you if you've rated before, or even just ask you how your stream was or what you do. And then that's another opportunity for another plug. And especially in music. Yeah. And then especially on music. So when I raid people, you know, I'll send my viewers to someone else's stream. And it's usually it's usually a music streamer. And sometimes sometimes they're bigger than me. Sometimes they're smaller than me. It kind of just depends on how our night's going and who seems to be having a fun time. And um, and so I'll talk to that streamer once I'm done and just chat with them. And usually I'll request a song um, just because if you request a song, usually to music streamers and you're a raider, they'll bump your song requests up to the top of the queue. And so then you'll get to hear a song that you want to hear. And so, and that's another thing. Cause then if you request a song and you stick around, that's another opportunity for the person at the end to say, Hey, thank you so much for bringing your people, blah, blah, blah. And they'll usually say like, go follow Taryn, whoever. And so it's, it's this cool cross promotional thing. And then the same thing happens when, you know, people send Raiders to your stream. Those are all new people who've never seen you before. And that's an opportunity for you to get to know them, welcome them in, maybe play your best song, talk to them. It's yeah, it's a, it's easily the best way to grow. It's the fastest and you know coolest Amazing. way to really build a following. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm looking over here, May Martin. Uh, happiest New Year to all of us here at the Above the Bar podcast. Thank you for podcasting, having Taryn with you today. Much positive oh. vibes as always. Um, Albatross 21 is over here. Uh, that's the most, that's how most of us found Taryn. I came in with 50 others from Dan Navarro's Twitch uh, stream in late September 2020 and, ha- and have yet to leave. That's awesome. Uh, May again. Uh, it's also, yep, we're live on YouTube, May. Absolutely. And then May jumped on our, our YouTube. Thank you, May. Um, it's just, it, it's a, it's amazing. So for somebody, and this is kind of something interesting here. You said it yeah. earlier on in the show. You don't like social media. No. But guess what? It likes it's you. Hard. It likes you. <laughs> you may not like the shit and be like, so yeah. so wait a sec. We're gonna go full circle here. You're oh. the one who is the uh unrequainted love that that <laughs> the internet has found you and has fallen in love with you, but you're you're shunning the internet away. Maybe the internet is gonna have to start singing. Um pixie dream girl here manic pixie dream girl you know i think it's the internet's next on the list what do you think <laughs> possibly i mean 
And I think the thing is too, like I didn't, the reason I didn't like social media is mainly just because, you know, everyone's met a dumb influencer on Instagram, right? Like, like people who believe that their ideas are the best in the world and they look like a model in everything they do. And so I think for me, I just, and especially with everything that's happened on Facebook, you know, with oh, our yes. boy Zuck and all the things he's gotten into, like, I just, you know, a lot of platforms really, they used to be, and even YouTube used to be a place of connection and for people to yeah. connect organically and people could get found and people could grow followers. And now it's very much a pay to play, you know, yes. and that happens with every social media. You got to pay, pay, you know, advertise to win the game. And it's so hard or you spend hours and hours trying to get found. But the thing about Twitch is it's in this really sweet spot now where it's like it's not oversaturated by people. And the way that the platform is set up is where like people can pay it forward. And so I think that's the thing I really like about it is it's not like the other things that I usually hate about social media. So I think I've really grown to love the live streaming thing. And I've really grown to love the people I've met that way. And I never imagined having the kind of community I've had outside of Twitch. Like I, you know, a year ago, I would never have thought that I'd have this many people like hanging out with me three times a week to listen to me play music in my house. You know, it's weird. And, you know, part of that's pandemic. Part of it's also just technology's gotten better, but well, technology's way better. Uh, we, oh yeah. We, we've, we've had some stuff on about networking and business related stuff. And I will tell you right now, I was never, um, you were never going to get me to go to a networking event, maybe once every couple of months, just because I'm not leaving work an hour early to go to no. your thing, to sit there with people who are going to be like, hey, do you need insurance? Uh, how's your business going? I, I was never <laughs> going to do it. No. But then, then networking through Zoom and stuff became a thing, and yeah. it's very similar idea here. Um, Pat wants to know, are we on Spotify yet? Not yet. I am on Apple and Amazon. I will be on Spotify. It's literally going to be any day. I keep checking if it's up yet and it's not. But basically, we're waiting on the platform, essentially, at this point. Pat, I got all the tracks. All them. We were listening to them earlier. We were listening to them earlier. I got all that shit, man. Uh, May says, love all of Taryn's songs. It comes from the heart and truly embraces and just can relate with the story behind it. You're absolutely right, May. So we're talking about songs. We're talking about playing in your living room. Uh, yeah. the, the couch is the background. Where can we find you live next, though? And don't tell me a coffee house in Seattle because I can't make it there. No, no. So in terms of online gigs, so my next stream is going to be January 5th. That's a Wednesday. And we're starting, we're starting to toy with Wednesdays because usually I did Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And we might move Thursdays to Wednesdays or Fridays. So we're going to test a few things out. But this Wednesday, so it'll be this next Wednesday, it'll be 6.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So that's 7.30 Mountain, 8.30 Central, 9.30 Eastern. Yeah, that's good. So you're past um, my time at, at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard <laughs> Time on Wednesdays is when we normally record except for Saturday music. Yeah. So yeah, we got to push that shit. I mean, just I can't <laughs> with you. Taryn, I can't compete with you. Oh no! <laughs> hey, come on now. Um, so, any tour dates though? Anything coming up where we're talking tours? No, not yet. I we kind of just need to see how this goes because like tours are expensive, and like yeah. But I'm hoping, fingers crossed. I really, really want to play Tree Fort Music Fest in Boise 
ne- not this year, but the How next year. What is that? It is like it's crazy. So it's this tiny music. It's this music fest, and it's actually not that small, but it's um it's hundreds of artists. It's usually indie rock types, and it's all throughout. It's like several venues throughout Boise, like downtown. So there's cool restaurants and cool bars and. People come in. I think there's a couple thousand people that go every year. So if I could do that, that'd be awesome. Tree Fort, Tree Fort Music Festival in Boise. Yes. And it would probably be 2023 because I can't, I couldn't do this year because I didn't have anything yet. So, <laughs> well, my goal will hopefully, I would love to see you at either SPAC, which is Saratoga Performing Arts Center, or cool. the egg, or the egg. Okay. The egg. You, the egg to me, and I'll tell you, been to a lot of music venues traveled i've seen all kinds of artists seen been backstage at james brown i love music all of it uh yeah. you got like all kinds of folks jumping on here uh we have uh primo, primo is jumping on what's all this that primo we, we are uh, getting educated we're educating <laughs> the world today on Terran. uh you know SPAC would be awesome. I, I'm telling you, Albatross, SPAC would be amazing. SPAC is yeah. great because you can get in on the Jazz Fest or something like that. Through uh, yeah. They have an gr- amazing Jazz Fest. I buy fedoras. I don't give a shit, and I'm not a hipster. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, look at you. Like, you're a baller here on this Twitch deal. Thank uh, you. Thank you're, you're like, real deal. But, um, so, but yeah, the egg, I got to tell you, if the egg in, in Albany, New York is – the most amazing music venue I've ever been to. Um, it's all wood inside and like the seating's real super steeped so that there is no such thing as a bad seat. Uh, Pat says you can look, Pat, it is only warm in Minnesota from July 1st to July 5th. And then it snows again. Cool. Nobody. Ugh. Yeah, but he says Minneapolis has a great indie music festival every year. The First Avenue Club, made famous by Prince, because Prince is from that area, which is so odd to me. Like that is odd. I would it, not expect that. Yeah, they, they, he's from that area. It's so crazy, and my seat keeps. So my seat's got like the hydraulics, and the sun bitch keeps moving on me, and it keeps sinking. But so this <laughs> is amazing. Like I just, you know, and you've got a lot of love here. Yeah, I'm I'm from all you went to RPI. Look at that. Albatross went to RPI uh a couple years back. Absolutely. Albatross, you and I can talk about like some amazing food on 15th Street there in by RPI, Red and Blue, which is like amazing, great. Like like Red and Blue is one of these Chinese restaurants that has like the everybody menu, and then you flip to the back of it and it's like says real Szechuan, and it's like you know, <laughs> grilled frog hearts and you know, like legit Szechuan food. The place is unreal, but like diagonal away from it is a Turkish restaurant that does like legit Turkish. And at the end of the block is this place called Musa. And Musa is like a legit Polish restaurant that does like amazing borscht. Borscht is so good. Oh, like, like the borscht at this place is it's a, you can tell you're from the Midwest because that's such a, uh, uh, look at this. Well, here, here you go. Primo. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw another one at you, Primo. I used to work out of Happer Horsham. I was the Marine recruiter for that area and ran that station off a street off of uh, Happer Road in Philly, uh, North Philly, Bucks, Bucks and Montgomery. I, I know all the. So 
people always say this, you know, we're the best. They're like, oh, you know, the best cheesesteak in Philadelphia. What neighborhood did you live in? That is the best cheesesteak. Nobody, nobody in Philadelphia eats Pat and Gino's. Nobody. <laughs> no. That's one of those ones. Look at that. He lives around in Bucks County. I used to live in uh, Telford, right on the Montgomery County side, on the other side of uh, Bucks. Look at this. See, Taryn, I'm taking all oh. of your things. I'm taking them all. No, <laughs> they're not happy. They, they don't want to hear. They don't want to hear this silky sound. Mm. I was in concert choir, though. You want to? I was in concert choir in high oh. school. I was a Very I was cool. a baritone. Believe that shit. A I can believe of, that. A lot yeah. of us. A lot of um, Phantom of the Opera was sang through these pipes. Nice. I've seen it live three times. Very so cool. uh went to elementary school in Cherry Hill in Jersey. Uh, Very cool. See, look at this. It's like you're getting some behind the scenes on, on some of your fans here. Oh, yeah. Uh, we like to, on my stream, we like to talk a lot. So I'll play a song and then everyone will just, we'll just talk for however long people ask questions or I'll ask people questions. It's, it's a lot of fun because it's not like, it's not like playing in a bar where people clap and talk over you. And then that's kind of it. It's, it's nice because it's so interactive, which has been really fun. So, you know, that's what my gonna, favorite thing. That was what I was going to ask here is, um, so when you're doing that and you kind of mentioned this before, you know, at the biker bar, the star bar, um, <laughs> where people get stabbed, which is so great. Not really. Um, wow. it's a wild ass place. You know, I just think of, uh, the, uh, blues brothers and, but you know, there you said it, you know, I played a song and finally I knew I was doing well because the audience quieted down Yes. in your home. The audience is always quiet. So yep. how do you judge? Cause I was, you know, as I'm watching, cause I don't know a ton about Twitch, you know, yeah. may put up a lot of like emoji symbols and things like that. And I don't yeah. know what all that means, but how do you judge through those social media platforms? If you yeah. like this song's a hitter or this is a shitter. <laughs> I think it's, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell. I think, Usually, I mean, there's a, there's a couple ways to kind of judge how well I'm doing. I mean, obviously, there's the obvi obvious metric of like how many people are watching, you know, and that's how many people are watching and how many people stay. That's usually a big thing. If I can get people to stay, it's kind of like the same thing in a bar. If you get people to stay and just keep buying drinks, like <laughs> you're, <laughs> you doing know, you're doing well. Um, but, you know, anything that gets people talking or gets people engaged, I know means that they're connecting to the song, especially when they're talking about the song. So, I mean, I knew instantly. I, I mean, I think that's the reason why I figured out so quickly that Manic Pixie Dream Girl was definitely going to be the title track was, oh, by Primo, um, was that, you know, people started talking about it and people were sharing stories. And especially when I shared the story behind the song, people would share their own stories about, why they, you know, related to the song or why they, you know, and I mean, I even got private messages from some people saying like, I've been through X, Y, and Z, and that totally reminded me of it. And thank wow. you for writing. And I've had that with a couple songs, um, like, especially with old wounds that also happened as well. You know, a lot of people connecting to this idea of um, just taking a long time to heal and how healing's messy. And so I think for people, it's, Anything, anytime I can get people to have a conversation with me and get them to connect to their own life, I know that it's a good song. Because that's there. what you do. Like when you write a good song, you want people to see themselves, not, oh, this girl is so great. Like I want them to see their own stories in the song. 
I, I told you, you're a legit star. You are. And, and folks, again, we're going to say it one more time here. Taryn, T-A-R-Y-N. Let me put, I don't know why. Like, you've had me so. What the hell just happened? I was so panicked. <laughs> what the hell happened just now? Like that was the weirdest okay. thing. I that lost all the Twitch messages, but um, everybody's still here, folks. I have no idea what just happened. Now that was just the most random thing. But see, this is proof of Taryn is a real star. She held this shit over. Taryn took look, Primo. Taryn took over. Like I, next day, I knew my, my shit just dropped out. I went to go put a banner up for, her and uh, the live stream just dropped right out because you've had me so in. Like you're very engaging, folks. Again, check out her IG and her Facebook is Taryn T A R Y N Hadfield, and that's H A D F I E L D, not hat, but had. And then uh, Twitch is Taryn underscore Seattle. I, you know, all your Twitch people, I thank every one of them for showing up. Um, I've never, like, I've been trying to get this Twitch thing moving. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He went to raid uh, Sashi Boom. I don't know who that is, but sure. We went, fuck them. Fuck them if they can't take a joke. We'll raid them. I did 20 years in the Marine Corps. Raid means absolutely a different thing to me than what it does, I think, on, on there. But we'll go, <laughs> we'll go with that shit. Um, so you got to get to the West Coast or East Coast. Excuse me. You're already on the left. Coast. We got to get you over here on the East Coast. Yeah. Um, we got to get you. You're playing. I, I'm telling you, like, I feel like we could sit here and I could talk to you all night long. It's just so engaging. You're, you're you. such an engaging person. Your music is amazing. Um, I want to play. I never do this. I never. I'm playing your, uh, I'm playing your clip one more time. Only because okay. I feel it needs to be played. I never do this. <laughs> Love it. Love every bit of that. Um, May, thank you so much. Uh, I, I really, God, again, like I said, we could keep the bar open all night. I wish you were, I wish you were here local. I, I would love to listen to you play. Uh, when, oh, as, soon as, you, as soon as you get on this, this coast uh, and look, I mean, your, your people are, are real deal. I mean, they're on it. Albatross, yeah. all she has to do is advertise and we'll follow when the album catches on. Hopefully, She'll come out and do some East Coast radio spots. Absolutely. Um, oh God, Nate. Nate, <laughs> Nate, Nate, you're you're like those people. I use I, I use you as the Howard Stern analogy. Howard Stern used to say the people that loved him listened for like 20 minutes. The people who hated him listened for four hours. <laughs> Nate wants to date me. I can't do it. Look at this. Oh, he's uh, upset. He is Goomba. Heck, that's the final version of Manic Pixie Dream Girl. That's so good. Uh, that took me out of out of a lurk. Uh, uh, Pat says you got a jewel vibe. I could oh. see that. Would you like to hear my I jewel story? Can I tell you my jewel story. I love 
Can I tell yeah. you another story? You'll hate you might <laughs> you might call me a douche afterwards, but that's okay. Oh no. So I was on in the Marine Corps, New River Air Station. Um it's you know, it's a Marine Corps aviation base. A lot of people don't realize that Marine Corps has got the sixth largest eight uh aviation in the world. We're huge aviation in the Marine Corps. Wait, so not the Air Force? I'm the Air Force are, the U.S. Air Force is the number one, but the okay. Marine Corps is the sixth largest in the world. That makes sense. Okay. Um, so we're on this base, and I'm with a buddy of mine, and they're like, yeah, Jules playing. And I don't even remember who the band that opened for was. It was like Seven Mary Three or somebody like that. That was real big at the time. Yeah. But it's like hot. It's, this is North Carolina. Have you ever been to North Carolina? I've, uh, the most only place I've been to on the East Coast is Orlando, Florida, and New York City. That's it. <laughs> okay. To explain North Carolina hot, go in your bathroom, turn only the hot water on, and then go put all your clothes on. And Ew. that's like North Carolina hot. But I love it. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Albatross, we do have a few helicopters. I did an avionics on 53s. Um, so we're all out there, and it's this hot day. Stupid yeah. hot, and we're we're jamming out. And this is like early Jewel. This wasn't yeah. like this wasn't like Jewel is now a model and doing other TV shows. Jewel, this is like yeah. very Alaska Jewel. Yeah. And she's out there, and I'll never forget this. It's so hot, but we're all like kind of crowding the stage, and for whatever reason, parents decided to bring their children to this, and they're caught up in the crowd. And you mm -hmm. hear Jewel go, "Excuse me." <laughs> excuse me oh no and then all of a sudden you hear Jewel go back the fuck up no we're all like a bunch of asshole marines we're like we're like yeah scream it yeah we're at the kids <laughs> she walked off the stage on us oh my she, god she walked off the stage and like, I don't know if it was our manager or who the person was came out and was like, look, if you guys want to see this show continue, you got to yeah. back up. And we all kind of finally did. But it was like the greatest thing to watch a bunch of Marines make Jewel cuss. Um, <laughs> was like, like that's I was like, 20. she seems so sweet. Like she seems so polite. Like oh, we we're a bunch of 21 to 22 year old yeah. ass hats that looking back at it now, I'm thinking to myself, like I would have looked at me and been like, what are you doing, jerk? Like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, you have no business. I mean, that's kind of what you have to do when you're, especially when you're a female performer and you're just performing in front of dudes. Like, you got to be, sometimes you have to be mean. Like, I've had to be mean with people and I hate doing it, but I'm like, I can't do this right now. Do you being like. International. May's in the Philippines. May. Yeah. Give me your lumpia recipe, May. You have no idea how much I love lumpia. You have, okay. Do you know what lumpia is? I think I've heard of it. Isn't it a fish thing? No, no, it's like okay. the Philippine version of a of a spring roll. Uh, but I promise you, it's a thousand times better. Really, Philippine like the Philippine cooking doesn't mm -hmm. get enough love in America. Their food is off the chain good, and it's all got like you. It's one of those kind of foods that when you sit down, we're way off the the fucking left, folks. If you're still That's okay. I talk about food on my stream so I'm much. Sorry. We had a five-minute conversation about cheese the other night. Well, I'm Dick. with you. I'm so with you. But like Philippine food 
every dish I've ever had because a lot of serve there used to be a big base, a Navy base there in the Philippines. It's closed now, yeah. but um, a lot of service members from my generation were married to Philippine uh, women. They knew, so we had a lot of these dishes yeah. around, and every meal just tastes like mom's home cooking. It wasn't my mom's home cooking because my mom oh, yeah. <laughs> was from Tennessee. Yeah, <laughs> you knew it was somebody's mom's home cooking. Mm. Um, Albatross, his dad was a Navy guy. Yeah, I, the Navy version of the helicopter I worked on was the MH fifty three. Nate, I love our seafood. Maryland seafood will change, but since you're in Seattle, I want to try so bad. I want to try gooey duck. Ooh, have you had it? I would, I would never do it. I would. It weirds <laughs> me out way too much. I can't. I can't. Why? I'm really, you know, I'm really weird with seafood. I I used to be a really picky eater when I was young, but I was born to a family of foodies, so they ate everything. And so I had to learn how to eat everything. And so, um, but seafood's still one of those food groups where I'm, I'm really iffy, you know? I, I kind of pick and choose. Like, I love halibut. I love cod. I love shrimp, oh, scallops. Um, I'll kind of have, I've had lobster and I'm okay with it. Um most white, honestly, most white fish I can usually do, but yes, yeah, but I, yeah, that's one of those things like, no, <laughs> the best white fish you will ever have. And you'll never be able to buy it in a store is called trigger fish. It's, mm. they have it off the coast of the Carolinas. Uh, if you ever go fishing okay. out there and they're, they're big fish, but they're very, very thin. So you get a thin fillet off the side of them. The oh. whitest fish you'll ever have. And they call them trigger yeah. fish. You ever seen that fish that like spits to shoot bugs off a of land? You know, the yeah. one time they look like that. Yeah. They have a big spine and on their back that you couldn't push it down if it meant your life, but you could move some other things and it'll go down. But that's what they do. And they're always around shipwrecks called a trigger yeah. fish. Unbelievable. Uh, Albatross used to live in QB Point. May, absolutely, sweetheart. You are a gem. Thank you so She's much. So and, sweet. And, and so Nate, sweet. Maryland blue crabs are that it's a game changer. When you get somebody who knows how to take care of Maryland blue crabs, it yeah. is a but they're they can get expensive. And it's so are it's you so, from Maryland? Is that where you're I, streaming? I grew, so I grew up in Baltimore. I grew up in Baltimore. Okay. So that's okay. why you get a lot of Maryland love out of here, and you're you're gonna have people following you from that area. I'm yeah. in Albany. This okay. is where I retired out of the Marine Corps was in Albany. So I yeah, stayed sure. in this area, which is so different. Like people are like, oh, you're in New York. How long does it take you to get to the city? Two and a half hours by train. I'm nowhere near New York City. Wild. Oh, oh, it's exactly. So it's like it's 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 like you being in in Idaho. You know, you're in yeah. Boise, which is the major city. I don't know anything else in Idaho. To me, everything is like 10 minutes outside of Idaho. I don't know. Um, you know. Wow. You know, it, it, it means nothing, but that's New York is that way. People are like, oh, you live in Syracuse? Like you're right by the city, right? No, Syracuse is about four hours from New York City. It's no, it's a huge state. It's a monstrous state and it's very different. Um, yeah. I will I will tell you though, you come out here, it's all about tiny hot dogs. Tiny hot dogs. They have this thing. And I tell everybody this all the time. They Their thing is, and it's not cocktail wieners. I was um, gonna say, would it be? Yeah, okay. No, they're like actual frankfurters, and they have little buns for them, and like a, chi a special chili sauce, the whole nine yards. Yeah, so uh, yeah. See, like this is a perfect example. So, 
where Nate lives out on the western side of Maryland, he mentions Deep Creek Lake. Mm-hmm. Deep Creek Lake is beautiful. Yeah. It's four hours from Baltimore and 30 minutes from Pittsburgh. Yeah. It's nowhere near. So yeah. you and I, so I got my new best friend. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm adopting her as another daughter because she is the same age as my daughter. So you're getting the oh. So when you come to the East Coast and you need a home yeah. and you need a home cooked meal and you're like tired of eating road food, um, we have <laughs> almost three acres so you can pull the bus in. Yeah, we okay. have almost we have almost three acres so you can pull the bus in. We'll feed the roadies. We smoke. Cool. I do a lot of smoke cooking out here. You know, it's nice. we'll, we'll take care of all of my wife. My wife will look at me like I have 15 heads. Like, why are all these people in our yard? <laughs> like, it's the show. <laughs> We're going to do a live concert right here from the show. Uh, you know, it's, it's all. Oh, Nick. <laughs> so. We know it's going to come. We know you're going to yep. blow up. All of our people are going to support you. Um, I want you to make sure you share to the above the bar podcast page on Facebook, Instagram, always tag us, let us know where you're going to be. So we can make sure our our people know where they can find you at. Um, we know you're, you're getting this album up and running. Do we know when the, is is the official launch date hit yet? I know I didn't even ask that. So the official date is January 22nd, which is now 21 days away, which now I'm panicking because I have a lot of stuff I need to do before then. Um, so that's, <laughs> I took a major break during the holidays and I was like, I'll just, that's a January tearing problem. But now it is January and now I have a problem. So. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, we're going to support you. We're going to look for it. Um Folks, if you're looking, reach out to me. Uh, all of our face, all of our stuff is the Above the Bar podcast, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, uh, or Facebook, Instagram, Facebook. God, dog, Facebook, Instagram. There's too many of these damn things. Nice. Twitch for all the Above the Bar podcasts. Our Twitter is at Above the Bar Four. Which May, thank you for following our Twitter. I saw that pop up on my screen here a minute wow. ago. May is the best. Uh, she's going to share with me her lumpia recipe because I've never. <laughs> and I'll eat. May should be your new best friend. <laughs> they may be friend. I eat the hell out of some lumpia whenever anybody's got them. Um, we've got some things going on. We're going to give you the last word here in a minute. We've got a. Do you are you a baseball person? Do you like? I mean, I feel like in Idaho you should be a baseball person. Baseball and football. <gasps> I mean. Maybe. I grew Maybe. up in not a sports family, so I I didn't play sports, and then my dad was. Did not watch sports. So I, I didn't grow up around any sports. It's weird. Uh, and then I went like to a college that. that didn't have a very good football team. So, I mean, I was <laughs> never really had an opportunity to get really passionate about any teams. Well, so. I'm going to put a link here in our show bio. We're giving away a autographed Ian Anderson uh, Atlanta Braves hat and Atlanta Braves baseball game three winner of this past year's World Series. Uh so we're going to give, we're going to give that away. May, I haven't even been on discord before. You'll have to teach, somebody will have to teach me about discord. Um, I, that's another thing. I like, I'm learning social, like, it's weird. Like I always felt like I'm, I'm, I'm only 45. I'm well into this shit. I'm good. Yeah. And then every time I turn around, it's like, well, don't you have a discord? I'm like, I'm not pissed at anyone. I have no discord with anyone. And it's like, <laughs> and then I was like that's not what this means. Um, yeah. But we're giving away the Ian Anderson uh, completely free. 
Ian Anderson, uh, Hat and Glove. I'll put a link here in the show bio. The podcast itself, if you're watching the live right now, will go out at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. So everybody be able to see it on there. Um, if you're looking for uh, Taryn, it is Taryn Hadfield on IG, on Facebook, and on Twitch. It's Taryn underscore Seattle, just like the city, because that is her middle name, as we learned tonight. Uh, you are amazing. I'm telling you, you are a legitimate star, my dear. You are you are on your way. You've got a great following of people that are supporting you. And that's that's everything. You've yeah. got You've got a great core fan base that's going to share the living daylights out of you, uh, that is going to take care of you. And as long as they're taking care of you, I promise you, you'll go far. You've got some good people supporting you. Now, I forgot to mention this in our pre-show. So y'all don't get to see the back behind the scenes. That's a big thing. What do you think? I talked about this. Maybe i get your opinion. I thought about making a Patreon and recording Ooh. behind the scenes. That what would you, be a good idea. Yeah. Think? I think... I'm a big fan of Patreon. I don't have one, but I want to make one. But like, I, I've seen a lot of people have success with Patreon and especially anything you can do that kind of lets people into the behind the scenes stuff is always a good idea. That's like, my thoughts. People you know, love that. And, and don't forget, folks, we have our tea public. Go out and check out our tea public. We got some new shirt designs. I have my uh, He-Man, but with Samuel L. Jackson, He-Man. <laughs> It's it's Grayskull. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know if my wife's watching. If she was watching, she she'd run upstairs and grab it for me. But it's Grayskull with Samuel L. Jackson in front of it, and it says Grayskull, motherfucker. Uh, it's so great. Oh my gosh! I, I made one special <laughs> for her, and it's got Rainbow Bright and um, Care Bears and another one of them. Oh, Punky Brewster, and it says the oh, it says yeah. it says OG uh, Rainbow Warriors. So, that's you know, that's, you know, they were the originals. So we got all these things over there on our T, uh, T public site. So make sure you go and check out T public. Uh, do not disappear from me after this is over with Miss Taryn. Cause you and I got a couple of things to finish off our conversation with, but as always on every show, the guest gets the last word. So what is the last word of tonight? Um, oh no, I didn't prepare this. Um, Thanks to all the Twitch people for hanging out with me. You guys are really sweet. And it just, it's very heartwarming to see you guys on here. So thanks for hanging out with me tonight. I miss you guys. So hopefully I'll see you guys soon on a stream. And I hope to see you guys there January 5th at 630 Pacific. All righty, folks, be sure to push your stool in. This has been an earplug podcast presentation. Found on EarplugPodcast.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, and wherever your favorite podcasts are found.